What is up, family? I'm Dr. Dale, the author of How to Raise a Doctor, Wisdom from Parents Who Did It, and the author of Pre-Med Mondays. Both books are available on Amazon.com, so make sure you grab your copies there and you listen to the Black Men and White Coats podcast, a place where black male clinicians have the platform to share their stories with listeners like you. I'm super excited about today's guest. I'll let you know why um, very briefly, but before I get into that, I just want to let you guys know we've got a great season of productivity ahead of us. Great season of productivity ahead of us. That's how I feel about my team, and I hope that you guys feel the same about yourselves and about your team. You know, we've just been grinding and really getting at it right now. It's late where I'm at, you know, approaching midnight, burning that midnight oil. And, you know, this is just what we're doing because we're on a mission and we're going to make sure everything that we're setting out to do is going to come to fruition. You know, I was thinking about this recently. People always talk about there's no such thing as an overnight success. And and people will say, wow, where did you guys come from? You guys, you know, nobody knew about black men and white coats, blah, 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 whatever. And just popped up and now you guys are everywhere. Well, you know, we've been doing this for for black men and white coats specifically for six years now, over six years. And, you know, the work we've been doing in general, we've been doing this for, you know, a decade, more than a decade probably. So we've been doing stuff for a long time. So in that sense of the matter, we're not overnight successes, but this came to mind the other day. In another sense of the matter, yes, we're definitely overnight successes because the work, the effort, you know, most of what has gotten done um, with everything we've been doing so far has happened at nighttime, (laughs) you know, it's happened overnight. Right. Because during the day, of course, you know, we practice medicine, do our clinical stuff. And at nighttime, that's when I get get going and get get grinding and get cracking and try to make all this stuff happen. And um, of course, now I have a team. So now it's, it's become easier. But, you know, in a sense, we are overnight successes. And it just got me thinking when you really want something bad enough in life. Sometimes you almost have to be an overnight success. Right. Not overnight success in the sense where nobody knows you one day, then everybody knows you. But overnight success in the sense that you're working overnight so the things you want to come to fruition can happen, can come to fruition. And part of the reason I say that is because our guest today, you know, that that came to mind when he was talking. His name is Justin Foreman. Justin Foreman, he is a great guy. Let me tell you guys. So I know Justin because he came and he shadowed me. He actually came and shadowed me in, in the hospital. And, I mean, phenomenal guy, just a phenomenal guy, just maybe... I don't know if Justin was just playing tricks on me or getting over on me, but easily one of the most down-to-earth people I've met. Very kind, very humble, just so down-to-earth, so cool, so relaxing. Um, and, you know, if, if you after you hear his story, you'll know that he must have done some great things, athlete, things that sort. You know that he must have been one of the guys that people looked up to growing up, right? But then when you just meet him and talk to him, none of that comes across at all. None of it comes across. And I mean, just such a cool, nice guy. And, you know, when he came to Shadow, I had a really good time with him, and, you know, we headed off, and, and man, I just tell you, this, this, this guy's just excellent. I have nothing but great, kind things to say about him, and, you know, he's the type of person who I wish we had more people out there like, you know, his temperament, his demeanor, his uh, dedication, his drive, you'll hear from his podcast, just how his drive is, his mindset, his mentality, everything is so, everything is just so, man, so humble, it's so real, so true, I have no else to no other way to describe it like just the emotion in my body wants to say certain words but i can't get it out just because i just think he's just that 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 cool of a guy tell you the truth man but here in this podcast you're gonna hear a lot of great things i'm not gonna ruin it for you on the back end of the podcast i'll come back and i'll tell you the things that i thought were amazing but he's a second year medical student at lincoln memorial university um in tennessee and phenomenal guy you're gonna hear a story you're gonna hear why he chose to go there and there's a great backstory behind that as well Awesome stuff. Awesome guy. 
you guys, please make sure to subscribe to this podcast, right? The more of you that subscribe, the higher our ratings are, the more people get to hear this podcast. So make sure you subscribe. If you want to be on the podcast, if you're a black male clinician and you think you've got a good story that people want to hear, definitely go ahead and send it to us. And, you know, we'll take a listen podcast at blackmenandwhitecoats.org. Also, even if you're not a black male clinician, but you got something great to to share with us, let us know. I'll tell you, I ran in, into another phenomenal guy today in the hallway, man. And he's not a black male, but I think I might have to bring him on to the podcast to do something special for him. It, just because this story is just so amazing, so amazing. And I'm going to have to do something special to get this young um, young physician onto the podcast so you guys can hear a story, right? And um, you guys will enjoy it. But before we get to that, you guys are really going to enjoy Justin's podcast. And just from hearing him talk, you'll understand what I mean when I say so down to earth, so humble, um, awesome guy. Justin Foreman, second year medical student. Check it out. My name is Justin M. Foreman. I just want to start with thanking Dr. Dale for allowing me to speak on this platform. I am currently a second year osteopathic medical student at Lincoln Memorial University, the Bus College of Osteopathic Medicine. Uh, during this podcast, I just want to give a, a brief history of kind of what brought me to medicine, kind of what makes me the person I am today, and then what um, kind of instills that drive into me like to continue going forward. So I'm originally from Houston, Texas. Um, all my family's from Houston, Texas. My parents are from uh, Houston, Texas as well. Uh, but growing up, uh, due to my mom's job, she works uh, for an oil company. Um, it gave us the ability to travel around um, the world and even around the United States. Uh, we ended up moving to Miami, Florida, uh, Brussels, Belgium, uh, Oakton, Virginia. And then we moved back to Houston, Texas, uh, basically like during my high school career. Um, I think traveling at such a young age and being able to experience those different cultures, I think I had a, a very, um, a very good self-awareness, um, at a younger age. And I think compared to like, I don't say other people that I were, uh, that I, I was around when I moved back to the United States. And that's because I was able to see that this different cultures and that people like value different things around the world and not just what, um, United States had to offer. And I really appreciate that about, and I, th I think that that affects me to that affects who I am today. And that also kind of is part of the person I am today because I appreciate, I appreciate different cultures. And I know that um, it's more than my struggle in this world. Um, so kind of back to my household. So my, um, I was blessed to have a wonderful, wonderful family. Uh, my dad, he, he played in the NBA, played from Harlem, Harlem Globetrotters for a number of years. Uh, my mom, she, graduated uh sum cum laude from high school she went to rice university she graduated from uh got her master's in uh master's in business from university of texas in austin and then also my brother he ended up going to georgia tech playing basketball at georgia tech and i feel like i'm really blessed to uh to have those kind of mindsets and those kind of uh people around me because it was it was a constant it was a constant energy of just of I want to, I don't want to say competing because we weren't competing against each other, but just wanted to be the best person we could that day. And so if that meant, and that's not comparing yourself to other people, that's just saying you're being better than you were than the person you were the day before. And I think that, um, that instilled in me that 
that there's no reason to compare yourself to others because what makes other people tick doesn't make you tick. Well, why does their grass doesn't water your grass? And what makes them happy won't make you happy. And so understanding that at a young age, and that's why I really appreciate my parents for um, kind of stealing in me and my brother. And uh, hopefully I'm able to steal that in the people I come in contact with uh, in my career. Um, so I think my first, my first real obstacle in life, I feel that really like affected me and really affected like the dreams I had as a, um, as a young high school kid was when I, I was told that I had to have uh, a PFO surgery and that's a uh, Peyton Frame in O'Valley. Um, they thought that it was like an underlying issue that was causing some more problems. And at first I really didn't, I didn't understand the, the gravity of the situation because I was in high school, I was 18. I thought like I was a superhero, you know, you feel very, you feel, you feel very uh, indestructible at that time in your life. And hearing that and like being sidelined by that and not being able to go to college with my friends that next year, having to go to a prep school and having to uh, work my way around that, that I felt that that was a, a big toll on my life at that point. And, and I, I say it's, a, I say it was like a first obstacle because like playing basketball was a, was a, was a huge dream of mine as growing up as a kid because basketball was such a big part of my life and part of my family's life. And I remember after I was sitting in like the hospital bed and I was talking to um, the doctor and he was explaining to me about um, the blood thinners I had to be on. And I couldn't work out for two to three months before the surgery just to make sure I didn't have uh, I wouldn't get I would bruise these or having kind of internal bleeding. And I was just sitting there and it was just like someone was just telling me that, like, you can't do what you've been doing in the, the sports that you love your entire life. And I remember. I remember pretty distinctly, like after after the doctor leaving, I was sitting there and I was uh I was definitely very emotional. And I remember my dad walked up to me and he said that um, you can go ahead and like be emotional. You can cry. You can um you can cry today. He's like, but tomorrow we're going to start planning out and seeing what like what's our next step from here. And I remember looking at him. and I felt like that was just like the wrong thing to say at the time that I, I didn't understand that they were saying I couldn't play basketball, that kind of stuff. And he sat there and he just kind of said, like, don't let anyone tell you what you can or can't do. Um, I'm a I'm a God fearing man. He's like, the only person that's going to that's tell you or dictate your life is not on this earth. And so, like, after hearing those words, um, that's how I try to address any obstacle from this point on. And that how I, how I have since then and knowing that there there are, there's always going to be obstacles in your life. And this is something that I'm going to um, keep repeating throughout this uh, podcast. But there's always going to be obstacles in your life. It's about how you how you attack those those obstacles. They'll come in different forms, um, shapes and fashion. They can come in like the MCAT. They can come in tests. They can come in pharmacology tests. As long as you approach them with the same mindset that you're going to get through it and you're going to be the best person that you can. I promise you, you'll do more than you'll do better than what you think you will. Um, so after they told me I couldn't I had to have surgery and I couldn't play basketball. So I ended up having surgery. Um, I went to the prep school and I ended up getting uh I ended up playing collegiate basketball, and uh, that was some of the some of the really good times in my life because, uh, and not only because I was just playing college basketball, but also because of um, the people I surrounded myself with. So I was lucky enough to um, go to a program where um, it was a, a Christian based in the program. Like the head coach and assistant coach were uh, were Christian men, and I really appreciate that because not only did I grow in basketball and grow like athletically I also grew spiritually and I grew and I felt like I grew as a man 
And those are things and those are things that I'm reasons why I'm glad I chose like that coaching staff and, and chose the school I went to because I felt like that sometimes missed when you go to college basketball, people feel undervalued. And I feel like they did a um a really good job of making every every player feel valued. Uh so me being a college athlete and also taking science courses was different compared to uh, some of my other class, some of my other teammates. Um, it's not only, not just because they're science courses and people like think that, okay, science courses are harder than accounting courses. Like that's not the case. It's because of the, the time demand it takes. Because not only do you have one hour lecture here, but you also have two hours of lab twice a week. And me being an athlete, it was trying to balance my schedule around making sure I was still able to go to those labs and as well as, as well as make the practice and making sure that I wasn't like letting my team down. And so I, I appreciate playing college basketball because it allowed me to be a student and an athlete. And I say those are two separate terms because those are two different lifestyles. Um, because you had each lifestyle has its own struggles, its own challenges. Because not only are you pushing yourself, um, physically, but after you have practice, after you have games and you're traveling, you have to come back. You have to push yourself mentally as well. And I ran into my own challenges as as an athlete where like you would have you would be you have different stigmas or stereotypes placed on you just because you were athlete. And I had a professor come up to me and, and I basically before every start of every semester, I would go to the professor and introduce myself, explain to them that I'm on the basketball team and that. Um, with certain days I know that I'd be missing and what could I do now just to be proactive about uh, my studies and find out when I could retake quizzes or retake tests. And one professor flat out told me from, uh, and he was for immunology. He said, you should probably like not take my class because I don't think you'd be able, be able to pass my class being an athlete. And I'm a very, uh, <laughs> I'm a very competitive person at times. And so I took that as just like, okay, like, well, now you really kind of, uh, kind of sparked my fire. And so I ended up getting an A in his class and it's pretty uh, coincidental. He was on the board when I went back to the school to get my letter of recommendation. And as soon as he walked in, he just kind of smiled. He's like, no, I know, I know this man here works hard. And so that kind of gives me a, um, sometimes it's, uh, I don't want to say proving people wrong, but also just kind of like showing yourself that you can do this because I knew immunology was a tough course. I heard immunology was a tough course um, at the college I was at. And being able to like attack that and be able to balance that and still be successful, it kind of gave me that um, extra confidence to keep going on. So during this next section, I'm going to talk about um, kind of the end of my college career uh, up until um, me getting accepted into medical school. Initially, when I first got to college, actually, my degree my degree was in forensic science. And I thought that was uh, actually pretty interesting at the time. And I still do think it's interesting to a, to an extent. And I was really just really like interested in learning about forensic science and uh, what all that entailed. And then I could kind of kill two birds with one stone because the first two years you were taking basically the same class that you would take if you were in the biology career path. So just in case that I wanted to switch like after two years and go and go the biology route, which was my initial uh, thinking when I first got to college, I could switch. And so I inevitably end up switching. I got my undergrad uh, in biology from University of Central Arkansas. And I end up graduating uh, May, May 2020, 2016. And graduating from college, I was 
I wasn't, it wasn't the fact that I was unsure about what my next step was. It was that I was not, I didn't understand the, the magnitude of, of what I was um, about to embark on and not trying to scare anyone. Like it, like it's a, it's a big journey. Like it's a journey, but so is everything in life. And I was, I felt like I was like this little small kid looking up at Mount Everest and saying, okay, how am I going to attack this? And so eventually I got to the mindset where I started um, taking things on day by day and just accomplishing different goals day by day. And so, but it took, it definitely took some, uh, a lot of learning and a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, situations where I wish I could go back because if I was just, if I was just more proactive with my thinking and proactive with, with uh, some of the, some of the activities I was doing, um, I could have, I think I could have shortened, shortened my time uh, down tremendously, but I wasn't. I was in college. I was focused on basketball and not thinking about having to study for the MCAT. I was like, okay, I'll just study for the MCAT once I graduate and not realizing that that was its own uh, beast in itself. And so after I kind of got, um, jumped the learning curve and, and started studying for the MCAT, uh, I started realizing that like, okay, normally I could study maybe two or three hours at a time. But studying for the MCAT, um, you need to study maybe four or five hours at a time and really like um, increase the stamina of your studying. And the first few weeks were tough, but then I started getting in the rhythm. I started uh, realizing like what times of day I studied better. And also during this time, I was a uh, I was a scribe at Parkland Hospital, and uh, I I love working night shifts, so I would work the night shifts um, as a scribe. And then during the day, I'd come home, I'd sleep for a few hours, and I would just study during that afternoon period. And if I didn't have to go to work that day, I would just keep, I would just stay up because that's where, uh, that's where my sleep cycle was on. And I, I thought it was really working for me at the time until I had to, uh, I had to start like getting ready for test time and waking up early and like being cognitively awake at that time. And I don't, I definitely don't recommend, uh, maybe balancing too much while you're studying for the MCAT. I thought me being a scribe and being able to like, being able to like see and experience those things, which is something that I'm, I'm glad I did, but I wish I would have just focused on the MCAT first and then gone and done that or, or vice versa. Uh, but I, but I don't regret it. I, um, it forced me to, it forced me to decide what's important a lot sooner. And so after I started, um, really understanding the magnitude of what like the application of med school actually required, of getting ready for the MCAT, making sure you had all letters recommendation, making sure you were making um, application deadlines. It started to, I really felt, I really felt like I was getting a good, a good handle on things and I was started scoring better on my, um, excuse me. I started scoring better on, on my practice and my practice MCAT. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm can't wait, can't wait to take this. I was studying the, like a few days before and I really felt ready for it. And then I get into the MCAT and it just goes like black. Like I, I leave the MCAT and I'm just, I don't know what I answered. I, I was just like, okay, hopefully I answered what I thought was right at the time. I, I was nervous and I was like, I don't know what to do or what I can do because I can't do anything now. The test is already over. And so I was just like, I just prayed and I was like, hopefully I, I did the best. That I, and I know I did the best I could that day. And I got the scores back and it was uh, to be nice, nothing competitive. Nothing, at least I thought that was competitive where I wanted to go. And it was kind of a definitely a, a blow to like a blow to my confidence, a blow to um, 
me, the both of me and my pride, you know, and feeling like a feeling of inadequacy started to seep over. And because all the time you invest in studying for the MCAT and you want to see, um, you want to reap what you sow. You want to see gains of where you put in a lot of time. And sometimes when you don't see what you expect, you can definitely feel, you can definitely feel a little depressed and a little down on yourself. And that's when I say that, um, that is like the hallmark behind this podcast is just knowing that like that was an obstacle. Like that was a blow that like it hit me in my pride. And I was wondering to myself, this is something that I, that I really want to pursue. But then I thought back and I was like, no, like this is something that I'm passionate about. This is something that I know that like I can do personally and that something that I, like that I know will, that will bring others joy and also bring me joy. And so that I just kind of like dug my head down and I took a step back and I thought back to the other experiences in my life when I, when I met, when I met adversity or met challenges, I just took a step back and said, okay, what's the next step? So how do I get around this poor MCAT score? And so I started talking to a lot of physicians at Parkland, talking to um, physician assistants, start talking to nurse practitioners and kind of like picking their mind and seeing if they heard of anything kind of stuff. And I ended up talking to this young physician in the, uh, in the emergency room. And he told me, he's like, you should look into uh, master's programs because there are certain master's programs that, um, that will give you med school, um, like curriculum. And then med schools will look at that and see if that, see if you will, and then see if you can bode well, like in their med school, even though your MCAT score may not be the strongest. And so I left, I left there with that knowledge and I, I started just pulling up every single master's program that looked like they, like they were part of a med school or looked like they were offering these kind of classes. And I just started like applying and sending in applications and sending in applications and making sure I was, had everything being a lot, being very, very proactive about my, um, about my life and very intentional about my work at that time. And that's what I wasn't when I first graduated college. And um, after it was all said and done, I ended up applying, in, I want to say to 12 different master's programs. Uh, I got accepted into seven of them. And the one I ended up choosing was Lincoln Memorial University here in Heritage. And I chose Lincoln Memorial. I chose Lincoln Memorial because um, it's definitely a, a community that I, I feel um, that I feel I can call family. As a master's program they were offering was a uh, master's in anatomical sciences, and that was something that that really like piqued my interest, as well as uh, them matriculating their students into um, medical school the following year. And after after coming down here and visiting and seeing the the town, it's definitely uh, it's more diverse than you would and you would think it is. Or, or if you Google map Harrogate, Tennessee, then maybe that would show up on um, on the population status. But I think being here, especially being here with the with the med students that are here and that are living in the same town, and even it's a small town, a lot of people come from bigger cities. Um, you feel very at home and very around people that are like-minded as you. And uh, that's one thing that I I can't say I, I saw when I went on other visits. And it's, it's definitely, um, I definitely might be a little biased towards that. But the main point I'm trying to get across is just because you don't score well in your MCAT, just because you might have been denied by this school or may not have been accepted by the school you wanted in your in your state or maybe the school that you've always dreamed about going to, there are alternate routes into getting to medical school and still becoming a physician and still doing what you dreamed. And don't don't take away from plan A. There's a really good quote uh, by Will Smith 
And he talks about not having a plan B because it takes away from plan A. And that's not, not, let's not be dramatic here and say, okay, I'm going to pick up and move and sell my house and move to Florida and not, and not like do anything until I get into med school. But it just make sure you have all, like all arrows pointing toward the same direction. And just because you get turned down here, you get a no here, you still know that, okay, well, just because they told me no doesn't mean that this is a, this is the, a period. It just may be a comma. It just may be, okay, I got to find another route. I may have to go, go back and get my master's. I may have to go retake the MCAT. But just know what the future goal that you have for yourself is that your future self is going to be happy that you made that decision. And just it's hard. It's it's hard at times. And there's sometimes that like some days are easier than others. But when you, when you step back and look at the bigger picture and look where you really want to be, it's definitely going to be worth it. So in this final section, I just want to reflect on my year uh, last year as a first year medical student and the different challenges that brought to me. And uh, kind of different feelings and emotions that were kind of going throughout the entire year. Um, so as I be, as I first began the year, I felt like it was a, a surreal moment. It's like, okay, I'm finally in med school. I'm finally here. I'm finally around other people that I wanted to do med school. I was excited, but there was always this kind of like sense of like feeling like, should I really like, do I really like deserve to be here? Or should I really be here? I kind of doubting myself. And I don't know why, because I, my grades showed that I should be there. Um, I did well. And it's just, uh, that inner self, like inner self conscious, inner self doubt that's telling me like, okay, well, are you sure you should be here? Is this really where you should be? And I think after the first test, we have, uh, we had our first test like pretty early in the year and I didn't do as well as expected. And I started like, I kind of feeling those like thoughts creep in. Those thoughts are like, all right, like, like you're all in now. And now you decide like not to start doing well in classes. And I remember like, like thinking to myself, I'm like, okay, like, Take a step back and let me see how I can address this situation. Because now I see that, okay, this first, this first test was a little difficult. And my mindset of thinking is if I run into, if I run to something that's difficult and I know that I, I gave my 100% in studying for that exam, there's no reason for me to try to study for the exam the exact same way again. Because one, I feel like that's just like kind of like just hard headed, but also it's already shown that like it doesn't work. Like I, I put in 110% and what I, and the way I was studying for that exam or for that test did not work. So why would I try to go do that again? That's, that's insanity. So what I recommend to, uh, first years, even pre-med students is if you, if you meet a class, you run into a class or run to a test that does cause you more problems. Don't just try to dig your head in deeper in the dirt and try and just try to say, okay, well, I'm just going to do twice as hard this time because that, that may not be it. Sometimes you actually have to work smarter and not harder. And maybe, and that might be finding a study group that may be meeting with teachers that may be talking to your friends that are also in that class and figure out like how they study for the material and how they, and how they got it to stick or how they got, how they got it, how they got to understand the material in a way that maybe that you didn't at that time. And that's one thing I recommend because you have to put kind of, you have to put your pride aside because like you don't know everything. There's people that are around you that do know more than you. And so why not utilize that? Um, besides like adjusting, like with tests, I thought that was important. Um, I also think that, uh, in med school, there's, uh, there's this stigma that like it's very competitive and people want to compete against your classmates and trying to, trying to score higher in that, in, in those regards. And, uh, I would just say I, I don't fall into that. Don't. Don't get caught up in that because again, as I re as I reiterate that you're not that person and they're not you. 
and I can't harp on that as I can't harp on that anymore because you're going to get caught. You're going to get caught up in like different tests and like trying to score, trying to score well on this test, doing this kind of stuff. And you're going to hear kind of chatter throughout maybe, I don't know, throughout school about people like scoring on such and such and saying, oh, how easy this was. And it can kind of start getting you down and say, okay, well, this is easy for them, but this is like taking me like two hours to get through. Um, I remember I did a, I did a talk at uh, one of our other campuses uh, earlier this year. And someone asked a question about how many times do I, how, how many times do I go through a lecture? And people were saying, oh, maybe two, three times, five, six times, kind of stuff like that. And the correct answer is until you get it. So if it takes John 10 times to get it and it takes Stephanie one time, well, then they both got it regardless at the end of the day. That's it's the results. So don't compare yourself to other people. Just make sure you get it. You get it in your brain and you understand it the way where you understand it and it sticks regardless of how long it takes, regardless of of what process you have to go to get it down. Like that's the most important thing. And and me as a second year now, uh, the thing I strive to do and is just being consistent and just being consistent in my studies and being intentional in my studies. Um, it's uh, there's no there's no magic, magic potion. There's no. Mike's secret stuff. There's, there's no, um, there's no special ointment in order to get to med school. It's just being consistent and it's being consistent and knowing that it's delayed gratification. It's you're putting this time in for a career path and for something that's down the road that you can see it and you can, you can know what it's like. It may not be able to fathom everything it takes, but you know that it's there. You know that if you stay on this career path that you will get there. And so I got leave you with just the most encouraging, encouraging thoughts and saying that, hey, that I'm human. Um, I have my there's rainy days, there's sunny days, there's days that I really feel that are are better than others. Days that I feel like studying days I don't feel like studying, but just finding a way of being consistent, even on the days that you don't feel that um, you're 10 out of 10, you're 100 percent. Right. Um, someone told me recently that. um Med school is like being told you have to eat five pancakes a day. And then you can choose not to eat those five pancakes Monday, but then Tuesday you have to eat 10 pancakes and it just starts stacking up and stacking up. And so that's why even on the days that you don't feel like doing anything, you maybe not, you may not feel like getting up or going to class. Just make sure that you're, you're consistent, like just doing something that's, that's going to put you a, a step ahead tomorrow. Um, I just want to leave you with a quote cause I'm, I really like quotes. I'm really into like the motivational speakers. Um, you probably heard this person's name is Eric Thomas, E.T. And he says, pain is temporary. It may last for a minute, hour or a day or even a year. But eventually it will subside and something else will take its place. If I quit, however, it will last forever. In that quote, I substitute pain for uncomfortable. And being uncomfortable is always temporary. And that's nothing you should shy away from because you grow your most when you're uncomfortable. I wish everyone the best of luck. My name is Justin Foreman, and I'm a black man in a white coat. Now I am sure you guys see what I was talking about when I said he's just so humble, even comes across in the podcast. So humble, so down to earth. Here you got somebody who's obviously an athletic superstar, right? But when he's talking, none of that comes across whatsoever. Now, a few things that I really, really loved 
about his story. And we have similar mindsets, you know, even down to the point where he's talking about Eric Thomas at the end. Eric Thomas is somebody who I listen to, who, um, you know, I admire for his gift, his ability to inspire people and uh, his ability to motivate people as well. So, you know, Justin and I have similar things in terms of the motivation, the success type of focus that we, we have in our lives. So on that note, something that he said that really stuck with me was growing up, you know, his family was, I guess, somewhat competitive, but they didn't compete against other people. It was competitive against yourself and always trying to do better against yourself. So today, are you better than you were yesterday? Tomorrow, will you be better than you are today? I love that. I'm trying to tell you, I love that. That is so amazing, right? That is so amazing. You know, he said, what tick, what gets other people ticking might not get you ticking, right? Right? What waters their grass might not water your grass? You have to think, okay, what do I need to do to to reach my God-given potential? Not what do I need to do to beat the next man or the next woman across the street. Who cares? You're not competing against them. You are not competing against them. One of the greatest definitions of success I've ever heard is, are you doing what you are supposed to be doing? Did you accomplish what you were supposed to accomplish? Right? I love it. That That's so critical. I'm not going to get off biblical on you guys, but I have to point this out, right? In the Bible, there's this deal, the parable of the talents, and talks about, um, you know, I'll just I'll just use one with five. So a uh, master gives one of his servants five talents. He gives another one two talents. He gives another one one talent. He comes back, to, talks to the guy at five, say, hey, I gave you five talents. What'd you do with them? Hey, I made you five more talents. All right, great. I gave you two talents. What'd you do with them? Hey, I gave you, um, I made you two more talents. Okay, great. Wonderful, right? Now, you were you were faithful with few, I'm gonna give you much more, many, plenty. And goes to the guy with one, what'd you do with it? Oh, I buried it, you know. And he, you know, he calls him a um a wicked servant, right? So if you think about what's going on in that story, a lot of things are going on. But one of the most important things that you cannot miss in that story is the master judged them based on what he gave each one of them specifically to them, right? The guy with five got five, said great. The guy with two made two more, he said great. The guy with five had more, but the guy with two did the same, he doubled it. He did what he had with his own talents. And, you know, that's the point that kind of Justin's getting across here is what are you supposed to be doing? Compare yourself against yourself, not other people. And that's so important to understand because when you get into medical school, compare, compare, compare who gets the highest grades, who can get AOA, who can get all this blah, 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 blah. Stuff to the end of the day really doesn't matter all that much. It just doesn't matter all that much, okay? However, what does matter is that you are constantly working and trying to get better as an individual. And I just think that, you know, Justin was dead on and he hit that dead on. Um, and the other part that I really liked, he was talking about how much studying do you have to study? And the correct answer was you have to study as much as you need to study to master the material. Not five hours, 10 hours, not more than the other person study, but as much as you need to study to master the material. Amazing perspective, guys. I'm telling you, you guys have to hear that. Listen to it again. That is such an amazing perspective that so many people are just letting fly over their heads nowadays right so many people don't even think about it just let it go right over their head apple um there's a book i think it might be start with why i don't remember which book but it might be start with why where it talks about a difference between apple and microsoft and it was a long story but the bottom line they said the difference is when you go into an apple meeting they're focused on apple what can apple do to get better this was back in the steve job days what can apple do to get better but he said whenever you go into other meetings the microsoft meetings they were like how can we beat apple Right. And everybody knows when Steve Jobs was around, Apple was just destroying everything because they were focused on what can we do to get better than ourselves. And, you know, I just think that's such an awesome thing. I can harp on that all day long. I think 
just had a lot of great points, but that is one of the best ones that you guys need to grab onto, hold on to as a take home message. Phenomenal guy, wonderful guy. Just listen to his, his story. You can hear how discipline, um, drive, determination has played such a critical role in his development throughout and also reaching out for help. You know, he talks about the point where he struggled with the MCAT and he went to go ask people what he should do, right? So if you're a pre-medical student, hear all those things, take them to heart. Even myself, I'm a fully fledged practicing physician. I'm taking those things to heart. I'm going to remember them. I'm going to make sure I incorporate them more and more into my own life, okay? So that's great wisdom right there coming from Justin. Take it to heart. Amazing stuff. Really glad you guys joined us on this episode. Um, If you guys missed the Maximizing Monday, Maximize Monday, little short blip I put out on Monday. Make sure you go check it out, right? So for the next 52 weeks, I'm putting out something on Mondays. It's called Maximize Mondays. And what I'm going to do is give you a little short, maybe, you know, two to five minute spiel, something to get you uh, inspired for that Monday to start your week off with a phenomenal attitude. All right. So make sure you check out Maximize Mondays. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you so very much, student Dr. Justin Foreman. Really appreciate you joining the podcast. To the listeners, love you guys. Have an awesome week. Ah!